When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SEN Track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz. And on this Sunday morning, a big welcome on SEN Track to Kiwi Chasing. And we do thoroughly hope you are enjoying your weekend. Damien Watson in the Australian studios, more specifically in Melbourne, and joining us from across the Tasman once again. We speak to our favourite two people when it comes to analysing the greyhound industry in New Zealand. Mark Rosanowski, veteran broadcaster, and of course, Andy McCook, who's a man of all trades, I think, when it comes to greyhound racing. Welcome, Rosa. Yeah, hi Damien, uh, good to be with you again another week here in New Zealand where we have no racing out of Auckland but we are able to race uh, at other venues around the country and Andy McCook, uh, I'm not sure if you've paid your bills but uh, we've had to reach you by phone this morning, how are you? I'm battling away, I'm battling away, there's slight, slightly nervous times there when I couldn't connect to the app but we, uh, we've got the phone call through, we're uh, up and running and uh, we'll get another episode of Kiwi Chasing belted out for everybody who's tuned in. As uh, Damien said there, uh, a man of, uh, of, of many facets in greyhound racing, you've pretty much covered off a lot, how would you describe yourself? What are you the most of? Are you a greyhound trainer? Are you a greyhound commentator? Are you an analyst? Are you just mad for the sport? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none, I think is the best way to describe <laughs> it. Uh, I got a finger in most pies and had a crack at most things from uh, from lure driving. I've been on boards and committees of uh, Ashburn and Greyhound Racing Club and uh, obviously commentating, doing a bit of presenting. Uh, got the got the finger in the training pie as well. Of, of course, alongside Janine, who's uh, who does most of the hard work, and I just turn up for the glory stuff, like handling the winners. But uh, no, it's uh, commentating certainly where the where the, the biggest passion lies. But training them's a, a very very close second, and there's there's no better feeling in the world than uh, than whelping one, rearing one, bringing it through, and, uh, and being able to win a race with it. Uh, especially when you've got some nice owners involved and, and for most of these dogs we have here as well. Mm, well, we'll talk to another young trainer in a moment or two, uh, Sean Cotlin, who's got a team in today, might be able to provide us with a winner, we hope. Uh, Andy, you were telling me that uh, your wife Janine had her first afternoon off for uh, years yesterday. I'm not sure what that says about you, my friend, um, but um, very curiously too, you just ended up shopping. Uh, yeah, yeah, about seven and a half years, I think it was. Um, no, that's completely made up. It might have been eight and a half years. I'm not sure. Uh, she does all the hard yards here, mate. Everybody who uh, who knows us knows that she's just an absolute trooper, Janine, and she gets up every day and just loves getting out there, rain, hail, or, or snow as it is uh, out here half the time, and, uh, and getting involved and getting the dogs done, and spending time with her animals. So uh, they say if you if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. So I guess you could say she's never worked a day in her life because she's always done dogs, and that's where her passion is. Yeah, cool. Andy, and I'm sure there are many people that feel the same. I wonder if Sean Codlin feels the same. Sean's got a team in 
uh, at Cambridge today, and Andy's going to uh, work through the runners and the chances with Sean very shortly. But, uh, Sean, as I say, a very good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on Kiwi Chasing. I understand that you are set up now at the uh, former property of uh, the late trainer Steve Clark. Steve uh, made an enormous impact in New Zealand greyhound racing through his deeds with dogs like uh, Swift Fantasy, uh, Penny Mac, who you're standing at stud. Uh, Blitzing Mayhem piggyback, whole host of others as well. So, uh, how are things working out for you in your current setup? Yeah, morning, Rosso. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, obviously, yeah, like you say, in at uh, the late Clark's uh, property. Um, since I've joined the the new property, the the dogs are feeling good. I'm feeling good, and uh, everything seems to be ticking along and working nicely. So, we're moving forwards, and and that's what it's all about. Terrific, uh, Sean, and you're building up a quite a nice team around you. Look, standing a dog at stud in New Zealand, it, it seems like a, a thankless and fruitless task, but there's certain dogs that need to get their opportunity. Penny Mac is one of those uh, that Steve Clark brought over to New Zealand and a dog that made a huge impact, New Zealand Cup winner of 2019. So, look, how's Penny doing, and is he getting any support there at stud? Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's he's uh, at home enjoying himself. Um, he's got three litters on the ground um, to date um, and, and a couple of uh, bitches that have recently been served. Um, but uh, every litter that he's thrown, he's, he's thrown a mixed bag of uh, a mixed bag of lollies, all different colours. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe um, he'll throw, throw good things for, for Greyhound New Zealand uh, if the right bitches come forward and, and support him. Yeah, very exciting dog, fast dog, and uh, I know, uh, Andy, you would have enjoyed some of the feats of Penny Mac, including pinching that New Zealand Cup there in 2019. Very strong field that was too. And, uh, Andy, I'm going to leave you to take Sean through his runners today, and I'm going to take a few notes. I'm calling Cambridge today, and I'm hoping Sean's got a couple of winners in the bag there. I think one of the very few New Zealand Cup winners I've actually backed in my time of greyhound racing. I usually tend to get those ones wrong, but uh, you know, Penny Mac was that good. He could carry me, uh, carry me to victory as well. That yes, uh, Sean, uh, Andy McCooking, please should have you on the show, mate. Uh, obviously, you've got a small team of dogs going around today, but uh, looks like you've got a few chances. We'll start off with double header in the first two, a double figured price, but uh, gee, the way uh, she's racing at the moment would have to be some sort of chance. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think she's. Uh, Good each way chance today. Um, I do prefer her drawn drawn a bit wider. She she seems to anticipate the jump a little bit better um, drawn wider. So that's that's not an issue for me. Um, she's a, a, a very good uh, clean winded bitch, which is just working back from a, a decent spell. She she uh, had a few issues early on in her career, just with uh, things not quite going right. So she's on her way back up, and uh, we're looking to step her up over uh, the middle drop. Move on to race number three, where you've got a couple of greyhounds going around over the 650 metres. Of course, you've got a couple of nice uh, handy stayers in the kennel at the moment and headed up by Bad Bro Bad, who was a, a pretty impressive winner last week, albeit he's a terrible dog to me. No, that's right. You haven't had a, uh, all, all much luck with him, even though I've tipped him out to you how many times and uh, you've always seemed to go gone against him. But, uh, no, he's, he's definitely a keen... Uh, Keen dog in, in a small field. Um, the small field suits him today. A couple of empty boxes either side of them. Um, he relishes the 650 uh, here at, uh, at Cambridge, and uh, with a bit of space, he's he's got a big engine. And uh, yeah, I think he'll uh, I think he'll go well, well today.
Scotty, I don't think I've ever been able to get over the pains of that uh, run when you were sitting down here on my couch for the Cup Series and uh, you told me you had a maiden that would win it all when they got beaten here. You know, I just don't think I've ever been able to get over that. <laughs> well, he uh, he did everything all by the winning post, so um, you know he, he's yeah he's he's a little bit that way inclined where he's he doesn't like to get caught in traffic, and, and that day your money was on it, sort of weighed him down and and got. Might have lost uh, Sean there, Rosa, but uh, it certainly has a fair amount of runners, as we said. Yeah, bad bro, bad. He's a really good, solid dog, and um, he um, is a brother to Claus and Leo, who has been uh, a real revelation in the staying ranks down in Canterbury and uh, went up and ran second in the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, won the national distance down there uh, at Addington. But bad bro, bad's a dog that uh, I think Sean is... Uh, hoping to bring down my way to uh, Wanganui in a week or two uh, for the uh, stayers here at Group 2 uh, race for the stayers over the 755 metres. And I really hope that uh, Sean is able to bring his dogs down for that. The more travellers we have, uh, the better for those premier meetings. So we'll see if we can get Sean back. But certainly, um, Andy, if you're there, uh, bad bro, bad. Uh, uh, clearly a winning chance today. I see he's priced up 2.5, the same as Little Teague's. Oh, I thought he probably beat Little Teague's on merit the other day. She was in front of him, found the rail early. I know she's got box two and she likes that rail, but she got to the rail early the other day. She was ahead of him. She took a wee check from Electric Shop trying to get through underneath her. Um, but I, I don't mind bad bro, bad, bad as, a, as a winning bet today. Looks like our phone lines are down. So what we might do, Rosa, is we'll take an ad break and we'll try and reconnect with them. Uh, it's just unfortunate the phone lines have gone down, but that's all right. Uh, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Welcome back. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds First for Form. Just having a few problems with the phone system here. I conveniently had to conk out as we speak. But, uh, Rosa, while we're waiting, I may as well ask you, before we try and reconnect uh, our guests, what is the situation like COVID-wise over there in New Zealand? We were talking off-air about it before and how it's affecting various parts of the country when it comes to the greyhound racing industry. Obviously, Auckland under different restrictions to the rest of the country. How's it affecting the greyhound racing jurisdiction there? Uh, very difficult, certainly, for those trainers, obviously, who are in the Auckland area and who are within the border at Level 4 and are unable to race their greyhounds they continue to train them they continue to have uh their outgoing expenses and are unable to race for the income and we could certainly do with their dogs at the meetings as well because we've been racing on sundays at cambridge as opposed to monaco and we've got eight races today we had eight races the other day as well so there's dogs obviously that can't be uh, nominated and race there that um that would, would boost the numbers in the races and the number of races overall certainly feel for those people who are stuck under this level four situation at the moment which is different uh, in australia um, because under level four we simply are not allowed to race the fact is that at level two elsewhere in the country at least we are able to race and obviously that's a, a great relief for those around the country and particularly in the canterbury region where there's a, a large population of greyhounds and they run uh, four meetings per week what we are hoping though damien is that um 
Auckland will be moved down to alert level three. Now, a decision is going to be announced on that tomorrow. It's the indication that that will happen, um, but it does depend on the flick of this tail of the uh, the Delta outbreak that we have. And there's been encouraging signs that it's at least being contained and that most of the fresh contacts we have on a daily basis, yesterday 20, but that was sort of a, an increase of 13 and we'd even got down to 11 there for a day or two. Um, that obviously this thing's got a little bit of a kick and it's very infectious as we know and we can't allow it to get out of control but most of the new cases are household contacts. If Auckland can move down to alert level 3 uh, effectively at 11.59 on Tuesday night then we can start racing uh, in Auckland again. That would be a great relief to everybody under restrictions of course and currently our race meetings in this country including a Group 1 thoroughbred meeting yesterday uh, are run without crowds, so it's only essential people on track. Just in terms of Sean Codlin, who we had on the line, and we'll endeavour to try and get back up again, as well as Andy, of course. Uh, he mentioned that he has a team in at Cambridge today. Just give us a background. You mentioned before that he's uh, quite a young trainer, relatively speaking, and it's always good for the greyhound racing industry, whatever jurisdiction, that young participants uh, uh, obviously motivated and they had developed their skills whether it be in the training ranks etc and uh, he's probably an embodiment of that in many ways yes certainly um, look we lost steve clark very suddenly it was a great shock to uh, the greyhound community when when steve passed away suddenly and he was a uh, a major force in greyhound racing in new zealand but particularly in the north there uh, but certainly some uh, young people did learn a lot from Steve, which obviously is 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 vital. And we lost uh, a great trainer last week in, in Ray Edcock, who we, we talked about. And again, his influence on some young trainers around the country is critical, uh, as Steve's will be with somebody through the likes of uh, Sean Codlin. Uh, also Emma Potts in the north there. There's uh, a number of good young trainers, the Craig team, uh, formerly Ben and Barbara running that team, have passed over to their daughters. Um, and, and they've done an extremely good job as well, but currently they are under lockdown and their greyhounds, and they've got many good ones, uh, unable to race uh, for the last five weeks or so. So I think we're really well served by the numbers of young trainers that we have, and that is throughout the country, and, and yep. that is what is going to keep us going into the future. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Sean Codlin back on the line. Rosa, I'll endeavour to get Andy up on the line as well in the meantime, but uh, Sean, welcome back to the program. Uh, Rosa, in terms of some of the runners that wasn't, or certainly weren't touched on by Andy, any that have stuck out to you as you have been doing the form in relation to the meeting that uh, belonged to Sean? Well, certainly Bad Bro Bad was one that I see as a, a strong winning candidate there in race three that we have discussed. Sean's also got Shelley Pom in there. She's never far away from the action, but uh, has been finishing towards the back of those small distance fields. Uh, she could be good back to 7.55, though, Sean, if you come down here for those stairs heats, and I certainly hope you do. You look to have a winning chance in race four. Uh, dog number seven, Thrilling Tessa. Just tell us about those last couple of misses with her up to C2. We got you there, Sean. You having trouble with? He must have dropped out. So uh, yeah, it might be something wrong with his particular phone line. So uh, we'll endeavour to try and get him back up as well, along with Andy. But uh, just in terms of the, I mean, just just yep. Sorry, mate. I was just going to carry on there with um, you talking about Sean's dogs and um, uh, thrilling Tessa, a recent class one winner in race four, dog seven, is the uh, second favourite in the market. 
Going to have to work from wide and um, just hasn't had a lot of luck in two runs since getting back to class two, but she's got the ability to be competitive in class two, so that isn't an issue. Spring Sesk looks hard to beat there, the $2 favourite in race number four today. And then just uh, flicking through for uh, the remainder of Sean's runners. He's got Railing Raccoon in race seven, dog two, and I was very keen to talk to Sean about this dog because it fell two starts ago, but it draws in close today, and I think it might be a reasonable each-way bet uh, at $6. So if we get Sean back, that's one certainly uh, that I would like to touch on. Well, we've got Andy back on the line. So, Andy, uh, thanks very much for rejoining us. Uh, it seems like the phones are starting to reconnect once again. Uh, just your thoughts on the remainder of Sean's runners. We'll endeavour to get Sean back on the line, but... Obviously, you touched on a few. Any that really stand out to you in terms of the remainder of his campaign for the Cambridge meeting? Yeah, pleasure to be back. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a, a bit of a shock when the old system just went dead on me. I thought it was just my end, but uh, clearly, uh, clearly the phone cutting out on Coddy as well. He was straight on the phone messaging me, just uh, just seeing what was going wrong. I uh, thought thrilling Tessa, some sort of chance. Obviously, Spring Tess got to be uh, hard to beat, but uh, she could rediscover her best form. And uh, Railing Raccoon, he's found C3 a little bit tough so far, but he's he's not in an overly strong field. But uh, gee, was a, I thought double hitter in the first out of his team was a, a great each way play at $10. Uh, she tends to put her best pull forward and as long as she can make a clean beginning, I didn't think she'd be far away. Just before we get Sean on the line, I may as well give you the chance to review the week in general, the two of you guys, mainly with an emphasis on the retirement of Trojan Horse, a two-time New Zealand Sprinter of the Year winner. It's also a two-time New Zealand Bred Greyhound of the Year winner and certainly taste of recent success as well. Just tell us about the legacy of Trojan Horse, firstly from your perspective, Rosa. Yeah, certainly, uh, Damien. Lucky enough to call him uh, many times. Um, just speaking of Sean, just been in touch with him. He's, he has to go and uh, kennel his greyhounds now. So that's um, uh, unfortunate, but it was good to at least get him on the show. We'll get him on the show uh, again at another stage. And uh, Andy's given a good summation of his uh, greyhounds. Um, now, just with Trojan Horse, um, the, the raw facts are he had 157 starts, 69 wins, 48 minor placings, $260,000 in stakes. And Damien, in New Zealand, that is very hard to do. And the amazing thing about the horse was that initially uh, he was a very good middle distance exponent and he won the New Zealand derby of his year. It was an upset victory at the time and he won it by a nose. It was a tremendous tussle and... He also added the New Zealand Breeders' Stakes during his restricted age year, but he was good enough to measure up against the, the big boys as well when he was a, a juvenile, if you like, and he ran third in the Hattrick Classic of 2019, and that was a magnificent field at that stage. It was just a, a, a red-hot bunch of um, open-class chases over the middle distances at that stage. And then as his career unfolded, he... Uh, was over the short courses um, and we do have a number of uh, sort of 300 metre races over here and there are two that are run at Group 1 level, the Railway and the Galaxy. Well, the Galaxy at Addington he won in 2020 and the Railway he won in 2021. He had already uh, qualified the previous year in both of those races and the other short course race of note is the Group 2 Dash for Cash at Hattrick uh, where I call there in Whanganui and he won that at Group 2 level as well. And he'd also been third in that uh, since 
then. So just remarkable that he was able to qualify twice in all of those short course sprints, win them all, two at Group 1 level. With the Derby and the Breeders being at Group 1 level, two over the middle distance that he won earlier in his career, a four-time Group 1 winner and across three seasons, always in the mix for New Zealand Greyhound of the Year without actually taking that outright title. Again in the mix for that again this year as the New Zealand Sprinter of the Year. And as you mentioned, twice winning that title, twice winning New Zealand Bread, and the year before, he finished a close second on points in the New Zealand Bread table as well. So uh, a dog with longevity, which is hard to find at the very top level uh, across that many seasons here in New Zealand. And he had his last race on Friday night when he ran fourth. He's still competitive at Class 5 level, uh, Damien, but given he hadn't won since May... Um, and he was only going to pull off the odd win here and there. Uh, the Connections, owner Craig Rendell and uh, the uh, Cole Kennels, Lisa Colch, the trainer, they determined that they would retire him uh, at that top level, and he's just on the cusp of five years old now. And Andy, from your perspective, what are your memories of the legacy of Trojan Horse? He's one of those greyhounds, uh, Damien, who early on in his career was always very understated. He was very under reps. Uh, I mean, he went around and won his derby as a 30-to-1 shot now for a dog to then kick on. And, and and it was a good derby, don't get me wrong. There were some pretty handy dogs in there. But for a dog to, to go around at 30-to-1 and uh, and beat them and, and then go on to do what he did, win another three group ones, win you know a quarter of a million dollars in stakes, he was... He was very underrepped very, very early on his career. If you, you look back through his record, it was it was very rare until he dropped back to the short course that you'd see him starting as short-priced favourites, uh, as you did through the last part of his career when everybody sort of started twigging on how good the horse actually was. So, yeah, he was uh, he was one of those dogs. Damien just flew under the radar for a very long time, but uh, he's just been a dead-set weapon, and uh, you've got to be pretty handy to win 69 races in your career. And Rosa, last weekend's in the Cargill Cup. What were your main summations out of that? Well, I'm going to hand that to Andy McCook because the McCook team took that out with epic cruise. And not only that, Damien, um, it was strongly tipped out by Andy McCook. Opened at 7.50 in the morning. I think when we spoke, might have been 6.50 or 6. Started a whole heap shorter than that. <laughs> and Julie delivered for local owners. So... Uh, Andy, you made the trip down there with two dogs. You won with them both, including Epic Cruise and the Invercargill Cup. That, my friend, is what I would determine a dream trip to Invercargill, all eight hours there and eight hours again back. Was one of the easiest I've made, it has to be said, especially that trip home. There was all sorts of weather going on. The wind was wild. We had rain and lightning and thunder, and uh, there was all sorts of drama. But uh, no, she was uh, she was a fairly cruisy old trip home. Uh, excuse the pun. After he was able to get the job done there, and uh, to be fair, Rosal, you know, I, I know you tend to overrate your own dogs and, and that sort of thing, but it was a very well deserved win for him. He was very unlucky in the Canterbury Futurity. He was very unlucky in the New Zealand Nationals here in that in Christchurch. He ran second in both of those. And to be fair, you can watch replays and say with an inch of lucky, he potentially would have won both of those. So he certainly deserved the win. It's a, a race we targeted a, a fair way out. It's, uh, in, in terms of, of stake money, it's certainly not up there. And, uh, you know, when you're comparing it to, to Group 1s, 
uh, that we have here in New Zealand. But uh, in terms of the fact that the the owners are, are, are people, you know, a lovely family that have put a lot of money into a greyhound racing. They've put a lot of money through our kennel. They're based uh, just out of Invercargill, about five minutes from the track. Uh, they they put me up when I travel down there. They cook me dinner. They give me a couple of cold beers when I arrive uh, arrive after a long trip. So, uh, Rosa, they're a, a great family, and 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 hopefully uh, we just started breaking in the next letter out of Epic Dream actually by Fernando Bale. So we're hoping the run might just be able to continue. Indeed, Andy, and uh, who knows? Maybe an Invercargill Cup win could. Uh be a springboard forward for the uh, New Zealand Cup and all of a sudden that is just around the corner New Zealand Cup meeting in uh, early uh, November for those across the Tasman but uh, you certainly be aware of the New Zealand Trotting Cup and we have our New Zealand Greyhound Cup uh, two days later on the Thursday of New Zealand Cup week of course the Trotting Cup on the Tuesday so Damien, with uh, Andy throwing out a decent price winner last week, we'll be expecting him to do that again. Uh, so shortly on the show, we might just uh, check out a couple of tips that might be worth following there for listeners in Australia. Uh, and um, yeah, over the next 48 hours or so, there's, there's one or two I think we might just want to follow. Well, hopefully lightning can strike twice. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning on the SEN Track Network. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. Of course, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Let's head to the news. Welcome back. You are listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first bet Sunday through Friday. And don't forget, you can visit them at grnz.co.nz. Well, it's time now for the well-awaited tips for the next 48 hours. Rosa and Andy, who are you liking and where are you figuring where it comes to best bets? Yeah, Damien, look, um, Andy uh, obviously was offering Epic Cruise very strongly last week at some pretty generous each-way odds. The last couple of weeks, selections I've thrown out on Kiwi Chasing for the Palmerston North meeting on Monday have been okay. The rest of it has been pretty average from me, including Cambridge, where I have been calling. Uh, so I'm not going to go too hard at Cambridge today, but what I will say is uh, in race number five, uh, we've got two of the brightest young uh, prospects in New Zealand greyhound racing, uh, Dog 4, Thrilling Risk, who's four from four for the Karen Walsh Kennel, and Dog 8, Luca, who is three from three, uh, prepared by Arch Lawrence. And Luca's out in box number eight, which is going to mean he's going to get a, a pretty decent run at them, while Thrilling Risk has drawn up box four. Opening quotes this morning, though, Thrilling Risk at 2.4, I thought was worth the risk. He's a very courageous dog, it would appear, from what we've seen so far. He hasn't been a quick beginner, but fresh up. On Thursday, he jumped uh, quickly and won in a 25.74 best of day. So I do like race five, number four, thrilling risk. But uh, looking at Luca as well uh, as a dog to go through the grades along with thrilling risk. And as we discussed with uh, Sean Codlin earlier, pretty keen about bad bro, bad race three, number four. Couple for um, Palmerston North tomorrow where I'm calling as well. And, and hopefully um, I can continue the form from the last couple of weeks around the Monday meeting. Race nine, number three, so excited. I think it's going to go out at a a reasonable price given the nature of the field. There's a couple of other dogs that can be backed in there. Um, but was a little unlucky. Got contacted from behind turning for home last week. Uh, and that's race nine, number three. So excited. And in race 10 on a 10 race card, number five, Portelli Punk, a former Victorian dog, had its first up run in New Zealand last week. Ran second to a bit of a flying machine here. Portelli Punk had won a trial the week before. So race 10, number five, Portelli Punk. Andy, I am hope you're Hoping you're uh, hanging on there on the uh, on the phone line and able to give us something for Eddington over the next couple of days. 
Yeah, no, I'm hanging in here. I'm just face farming over the uh, the, the rocket that beat poor Tally Punk last week and the ridiculous circumstances that followed that race. But never mind. Uh, in terms of winners uh, tomorrow at Addington, uh, even race card, obviously, for those that don't know, we have the low-grade meetings at Addington on Monday and Tuesday. It's all the, the maidens and the C1s running around and uh, it gets a little bit interesting. But I uh, thought race eight, Smash Dragon, been racing well, knocking on the door. Uh, looks some sort of chance uh, to break through. And we race it in the Cargill on Tuesday. Um, not heading down there this week, thankfully, although I wouldn't mind going down going two from two again. But uh, I don't have to make the big trip down there this week, but I think there's a couple there we can uh, follow with a little bit of interest. Race two, dog two, Homebush, hot shot. Form attached looks pretty fair, but uh, he's been really unlucky of late, and he comes up with a, a draw he should be able to use. Really, really nice 600-metre event down there too, where uh, we see Uther Bale go around, but thought Claus and Leo, who's just been in the absolute find of the season in terms of uh, racing over, over the six and 700 metres. And he comes up with a good draw. It's very hard to win from wide draws uh, at uh, Invercargill over the 600. So he slots into box number two. I think he'll get the advantage on Uther very early on. And uh, sticking with the Roberts theme, we'll go from Matt's kennel to Dan's kennel, though, and take along Demon. Got a well-deserved win on Thursday, Rosso. And uh, I think from box number eight, he can be hard to beat again uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday down there at Invercargill. Good, Andy. I've uh, scrawled those down in my best uh, shorthand, and we look forward to uh, reviewing those uh, next week. But some to get on to early uh, in Australia, some of those in uh, some of the earliest races that you will be able to bet on. Damien, that's uh, our uh, selections for this week, looking over the next 48 hours or so. And um, of course, that meeting at Cambridge this afternoon, the team who have supplying the most greyhounds today in terms of numbers. Jared Udy and Nessie Cotterman are going along very nicely and building up their team pretty well. Uh, look good for a big season and hopefully we'll be able to talk to Jared very shortly. Absolutely. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. As you mentioned, Rosa, Jared Udy to join us on the other side. Co-trainer of the largest team racing at Cambridge today. This is Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. The Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First perform. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the program. This is Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track. Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook joining myself, Damian Watson, from across the Tasman this morning. And we do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first perform. And Rosa, got a special guest trainer-wise. And Jared Udy certainly has a lot to look forward to at Cambridge today. Yes, he certainly does. We'll get Andy to run through the team shortly with you, uh, Jared. Uh, training in combination, of course, with uh, Nessie Cotterman. Jared, um, look, we've been talking about the retirement of Trojan Horse, uh, the dog who won the railway in 2021 and the Galaxy in 2020. Now, your dog, a, a New Zealand Greyhound of the Year, Buddy Boom, won the railway in the Galaxy the, the two prior times the Trojan Horse when he was in the beaten rivals and of course in the railway of 2021 in March earlier this year you went down narrowly to Trojan Horse so what I'd like to know from you is is how is Buddy Boom I know he tore a gracilis is there a chance we could see him back on the track yeah kill the boys um oh absolutely there is uh he's he's back in light work we're just uh sort of taking it easy he's like he owes us nothing mate so it's um, entirely up to him. He's a dog that uh, once he's right, he doesn't need a great deal of work. Um, he, he's he's uh, sort of a, one of those uh, next-level trainers, so he, um, everything he does is 100 miles an hour. So, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a chance he'll be back. 
That's fantastic news. Look, we know that in the past you've been able to bring him back and race him in some really decent races on a short preparation. As you say, he's capable of doing that. Would it be pie in the sky to see him be able to have a third crack at a galaxy, or is that a bridge too far? Um, I'm... <laughs> if you talk to me in uh, Nisi, uh, you'll probably get two different answers. I'm in the... I'm in the, it's probably a bit bit too close for us um, at this stage, uh, whereas Nisi would... She would tell you every time, oh, he'll be right by then. He'll be right. He's a good dog. <laughs> so um, I'm sort of, I'm sitting on the fence here at this stage. Oh, well, look, we're going to put no pressure on you, Jared, and you're putting no pressure on the dog. But if, you know, all we want to see is Buddy Boom back on track at some stage somewhere. So all the best for that. Uh, Andy McCook, in the meantime, I would expect that the UD Cottom team should have a reasonable day today at Cambridge. Got a few going around, uh, Jared. just before we get into that team. Uh, the only thing I would say, mate, is I'll need a little bit of notice if Buddy is coming down and you're coming down because I'll, I'll need to get the liver prepared. I think Andy might have gone off the line there. Uh, we got you there, Jared. We still got you. Yep, yep. Uh, did you manage to hear that question? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, he must have gone off the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, leave you to go, Rosa, and I'll well. try and get Andy back on the line. <laughs> it's been one of those mornings. Oh, wait, uh, good as go. Was it the question about his liver? <laughs> it, it was, and, and, and his liver, not, not, not the liver that you might feed to the greyhounds. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will leave it there. In the meantime. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, we'll see if we can get Andy back, but if not, um, Jared, uh, look, in race one, dog one, thrilling rapper. You got the favourite in the first. This is a dog that you've uh, taken over recently. I see the Dinny Syndicate have bought out of the Karen Walsh team. Yeah, yeah um, just uh, there hasn't been um, a great deal of dogs um, uh, to to purchase, and, and the Dinny Syndicate was sort of getting a few, um, a few, a few had been retired and rehomed, so they wanted um, uh, another dog, and he he was sort of available. So, um, uh, Karen had him nominated um, when we when we purchased him, and we sort of run out that, and he settled in now, and and we'd expect them to go pretty good today, I think. Jared, he had box seven the other day, took a, a bit of a bump uh, going to the first bend. He, he was forced a bit wide. Do we just rule a line through that? It was a wet day as well. I think so. Um, I, yeah, I think we'll um, know a lot more after today's race, but he he should. He seemed to have come through it all right, so I'd be, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how it goes today. I think he'll go good. Now, you've got your Rebel out in box number eight, and um, she has been good enough to be winning from out there, and, and she won on Thursday uh, in this grade, clocked at 21 and 79. How do you see her chances yeah. today up against Thrilling Rapper? Um, it, it just depends. We know we know she can um, run time at Auckland. A lot of our dogs are, are probably more suited to Auckland. Um, and obviously with that out of the picture at the moment, we've, we've sort of got no choice. So she, the more she races here, she's probably getting better. She does hang wide and has still got a bit of an awkward galloping style, which um, probably come right with a bit of maturity. She's only young. and um, But, yeah, we have seen her run some decent times at Auckland. So if, if she can um, start getting that trip a bit better, I think we'll see her times come down here as well. Mm. Um, Jared, we'll just concentrate on your main chances at this point in time. Uh, race four, number one, uh, Hurry Flurry, 
dropped her back from the middle distances to a sprint there on Thursday, and she chased home Spring Sesk, who looks the main danger again. Absolutely. Um, sorry, she's a bit of a funny dog. She, if she gets things her own way, she can, you know, clean race. She, she'll get round. Um, and, and she goes pretty good, but if she gets um, tangled up or, or a bit too crowded, she she more likely just to to ease off and find a bit of space. So if if it's a nice clean race, she's always she's always amongst it. If there's a bit of trouble, then she's probably um, you know hanging out. Jared, in race uh, number five, you've got Nana Molly, our hot rod, Mr. Blackjack. They're all at long odds because there's a couple of nice young dogs in there, Thrilling Risk and Luca. Just interested, though, with you getting Mr. Blackjack. How long have you had him and what have you been able to do with him? A good, strong dog that uh, has uh, done plenty of good things beyond 600 metres. Yeah, to be fair, you'd probably know a lot more about him than I would. Um, he come up just before lockdown, so we haven't had the best prep I'd... I'd um, I think he'll pull up better from having a run today. Um, but he's happy and he's settled in good. Um, and then obviously um, uh, he'll get he'll get better with a couple of runs under his belt. Um, and like Nana Molly and that, she's very consistent. Um, the same sort of as Harry Flurry. She gets a good clean run. She, she's always um, in the finish. Well, Jared, uh, we're able to welcome back Andy McCook. Uh, he's had a spirulina shake now. And, uh, Andy, we're up to race number six, where uh, the Udy Cottom team have a very good winning chance in Dog 7, Wild Kiwi. Yeah, let's hope the uh, technology will let me stay on the line this time. Uh, yeah, race number six. Uh, Jared, you've got a couple going around here, and one of them well and truly in the market. Wild Kiwi already been money for him, and uh, he's been uh, just absolutely dead set flying in recent weeks. Yeah, he's um, he's sort of just um, really matured. Um, he, he's been a, basically a big pup his whole life, and um, he always showed that he had plenty, um, but wasn't always the best beginner. Um, when, when he gets things right, he's a hard dog to beat, and um, he's very easy to overcook and do too much with. So you sort of got to find a, a good sort of a good base for him and, and not change much uh, too, things too much. And he's um, obviously found some form, and he's. Um, and he's, uh, if he begins, he'll be another chance for them. I see a dog that you'd, you'd put into the category of potentially coming down and having a crack at the Galaxy uh, if you were heading down? I think um, he would really um, grow another leg on the, um, on the whistler down there. Um, he, he's a chaser. Um, he's a hard chaser. Um, and he, if he was still going good, it would definitely be on, on the cards, I think. So against him today, you've also got uh, Midnight Faith going around, and uh, she's a greyhound with a bit of an engine as well. She doesn't always get it right early, but, uh, gee, she wouldn't be far away if she did uh, pick the start clean. Well, that's right. She has sort of... Um, she's probably an uh, Auckland dog, to be fair. Um, she, in saying that, she is getting stronger as well. She is a bit slow early, and then by the time she hits full stride, she's usually running up the back of dogs. So... Um, Another one that needs a good clean run, and, and you'd see you'd see her run some time, and and another one that if she was going all right would would potentially go better down at um on the on the Whistler at Eddington too. On to race number seven, uh, the the final runner for your team today, Cooler Bar Kid comes up with a wide draw, but a spear box inside can only aid. Yeah, he's he's in the same boat, mate. He's out and out Auckland dog at this stage, but um. Uh, he's like a, a teenager with ADHD, mate. He's a handful, and uh, 
to keep them keep them together before the races seems to be the biggest problem. Um, we're slowly getting there. He's getting a bit, little bit better every time. So um, very fast dog, um, but like I said, probably more around Auckland. Um, if he got things his own way, he, he you know if he jumped to the front, and got clear, he he'd be in it for a wee while. I'd say. If you had to put a circle around uh, one for the the people listening at home to put a dollar on, would you? Who would you sort of pick out as being your best bet for the day? Um, best bet for the day, I'd I'd probably have to toss up between Wild Kiwi and um, maybe Nana Molly a place. I, I think she's a pretty solid dog when she um, you know does things right. Rosal, I think if nothing, uh, that's the best description I've ever heard of a greyhound in an interview. A teenager with ADHD, so it's it's going to be hard to top that in the coming weeks. <laughs> it certainly is. We thank you, Jared, for your input today. Look, uh, decent sized team. Have you managed to get them all kenneled? Uh, yeah, the girls just kenneled the last ones when I when I got the call to to come on here. So um, we're we're all sorted. Oh, good man. I hope it goes uh, well for you today and uh, also hope things work out, obviously, for, for Buddy Boom. And it'd be terrific, too, if uh, you and Nessie could get down to Addington for a, another a crack. Look, um, uh, what has been uh, great about your kennel over the past couple of seasons, Jared, if you thought you've had the right dog, you've been very prepared to travel. And, and these days, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very big commitment. It's a long way. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, we've got sort of three young kids at home, too, so... Well, um, we wouldn't be able to do all that without, you know, Nessie's parents and my parents helping us all the way. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a team effort and, and it is that you do have to commit to, to taking your dogs away. If you've got something good enough, you've got to go, you'll never win. And we're always prepared to, to back you when you get on the road, Jared. So look, all the best uh, to you and Nessie today and for the next couple of months. Uh, that's awesome, guys. Thank you very much. Namahi. Namihi, it's uh, Māori Language Week here, and um, Andy, as we come to you, uh, it looks like you may have to make room on that couch in a few weeks' time, and uh, good luck to you for that. But as I say, uh, quite genuinely, um, Jared and, and Nessie have been prepared to travel uh, at times when others have not, and quite often they have got their reward. Yeah, I think the worst thing about it is I have to cleanse the liver before and after Jared arrives. So he usually stays down for a couple of weeks and, and I'll give him a, a, the, the, the dedication that he shows is, is next to none. So, uh, you know, guys in, in Australia that don't know New Zealand, he's he's based sort of just out of Auckland somewhere. And, you know, she's a good seven or eight hours to pick in three hours across the ferry. She's another six or seven hours to get to our place. And he brings the van down, Rosso. He brings a kennel down for Buddy Boom. He sets him up out the back of our place and he stays here for two weeks. And as he said, when he's got a family and and, uh, and everything that goes with it up north and his big team of dogs, it's a massive commitment. And they're one of those uh, kennels, Rosso, and one of those people that you really enjoy seeing get good success because they really are some of the most genuinely nice people you would ever meet. Andy, I uh, salute Greyhound trainers across this nation and across Australia as well as we bring Kiwi Chasing 6 to a close here and we salute as well Damien Watson who's managed to hold this together somehow with some uh, <laughs> issues that were beyond our control. Damien, you've managed to bring us through. I thank you for that and look forward to catching up with you again in seven days time. No worries at all. Thanks very much, fellas, for your patience as well. And thanks to the listeners out there as well. This has been another edition of Kiwi Chasing on a Sunday morning. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, a first for form. Stay tuned for this time next week where we'll have another edition of the program. Edition number seven.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hopefully that's a lucky number. They say it is. 